0: You're listening to a message brought to you by Christian Life Church, Hereford. If you would like to find out more about us, go to www.clch.cc.
1: It's uh, it's great to be with you. It's great to uh, be together. We we felt God wanted us to share this message together. Um, I would like to welcome you online. It's great to have you with us online. Um, So we're in a vision series uh, so, two weeks ago, we did our Vision Sunday uh, and we shared the four pillars of our vision. Can you remember what they are? First one is? God centered. Well done. Point for you. <laughs> and the second one is? Right. Somebody said, Somebody said did they? Yeah. Connect. Very good. And the third one is? Oh. Grow. Yeah. Don't answer any more because you've got them all, haven't you? So give others a chance. Well, but well done, Janet. At least. And the last one is reach. God-centred, connect, grow, reach are the four pillars of our vision. Last Sunday, Hannah shared on being God-centred. And we want to follow on that this morning by with talking about connect. So the, the pillar today is Connect. And for each of the pillars we have a statement that describes what we believe. So the statement for Connect is this. We believe that in connecting us to God, Jesus also connects us to each other. We are called to community to express our faith together. Every person is important, has a part to play, a gift to offer. That is the b- belief we have about church, that God is... Connects us together. And we also have a a, a paragraph that describes uh, that we used to call it the church we see. So that's the vision we have. Uh, We now call it the church we seek. That subtle addition of a K at the end means it's something we're going after. We're not just imagining it one day. We want to go after this. And then we seek a church that is an inclusive community of people, God's family of all generations and cultures connected through their faith in Jesus Christ. In God's family, people from every walk of life and background can experience love and restoration, as are seen as important and are full, fully committed to play their part and bring their individual gifts to benefit the whole. That's not necessarily where we're at at the moment, but that's what we aspire to. That's the church we seek. And I want us this morning not just to grab a couple of sentences. I really want us to grasp God's heart for his connected church. It's a key verse. Uh, key verse that I want to read for, for both God-centered and, uh, God and connected is in Mark 12. Mark 12 verse 30 says this, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind, and with all your strength. That's a key verse for God's centre. The next verse is this: Jesus said both these verses. He said, "The second commandment is this: Love your neighbour as yourself." There is no commandment greater than commandments greater than these two. Uh, in another uh, gospel, he says, "All the law hangs on these two commandments." So when we describe these. These sentences, these paragraphs that we put, we're not making them up. It's based on what the Bible says, this vision of church is from the Bible. We have, in those phrases, made two um, changes, a few changes actually. But in God-centred, rather than saying we can become friends of God, we said we become children of God. Both are true. We are. We, through Jesus, we become friends of God and children of God. Um, but we felt children of God was key to our identity. So we put that as the main phrase. And in, uh, in the, the paragraph about Connect, we added the word family. That we are not just a community, we are a community that is family. We, the church is the family of God. We are family. And I want to just to share a bit about my journey in appreciating God, the community of God, the church, the family. When it When I became a Christian, I realised I was very drawn to the whole uh, God-centred idea. I, I loved church. I loved God's presence. I loved his word, the Bible, sermons, uh, worship, uh, his presence, and fellowship with other Christians. But over the years, God began to grow my appreciation of his people. He spoke to me. Church is not. Mainly worship and sermons and his presence. It's the church's people. His church's people. And a key verse that challenged me in this journey is this. In 1 John 4, John writes, Whoever claims to love God, yet hates his brother or sister, is a liar. That's a strong statement, isn't it? Whoever hates a brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister, whom they have seen, cannot love God, whom they have not seen. And he has given us this command, anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. God measures our love to him in how we love one another. I can't just say I love God and just be worshipping him in my room. Without fellowship, without fellowship, we can't really love God as He intends us to love God. And that really challenged me because I was very much into loving God through my own worship and reading the Bible, but we've got to, we cannot, we have to love God in community. Do you know, I was thinking this more? We, we come here to meet God, yeah. It's not the entire truth. It is true. But actually, we can meet God anywhere. We come here to meet God in each other, in community, in community. Um, um, So as God changes us, as God challenges, the truth is he helps us to change by changing our hearts. And so for me, in in this journey of of mine to really appreciate the, the church's people, the community of the church, I had some personal challenges that I had to overcome, so I'm I'm an introvert. Um, that's my nature. Introvert. That's from God. That's the way He's made me. It, it doesn't mean I'm antisocial. I love being with people. I love spending time, but I need me time to recharge. I need to have time on my own. And so, you know, I really appreciate when I was a young Christian, reading my Bible, uh, praying on my own. And I, I still love those things. I love my time watching TV or reading a book just to recharge. But I know the challenges uh, that I've got to know when I have to come out of my closet and be with people. And I love it. I love being with people, but I need that time to recharge. Also, I I find myself nat- I wrote down naturally shy. I'm a timid person. Uh, I don't know whether that's natural or or be- because of whatever. But I think it's part of that is that I find when I, found when I was young and through to early adulthood, I and still I struggle with this sometimes, a low self-esteem. And and often thought I don't really have much confidence that people would like me uh, and get on me and want to spend time with me. So that made me kind of withdraw. Also, when I compared myself with my family, my brothers and parents. I realised that I was not as socially skilled as they, they are. My brothers are both really good uh, in going into a room and connecting with people immediately. And I realised that uh, my people's skills were not as strong as that. And so in this, you know, that, that if you like that, the tendency can be to withdraw. But... Uh, what I found in when I joined church, I love church, but uh, I wouldn't know what to say to people if people are having a difficult time. I wouldn't know the words to help them. But I really would go away and pray. I would pray them through. Um, and so that was my some of my challenge in really appreciating community, connecting with it. But I have to say that God has changed me. God has challenged me and, and changed my heart. That I can really say I love people. I love spending time with them, and I love hearing people's stories. People are fascinating, and I've learned how to love people and express my love in the way that I can do it. So this community, this family, is not a thing for extroverted people only. It's for everybody. This beautiful family. God has really, in this journey, shown me the beauty of a church as family, and when they say family, uh, we we t- we tend to think of family in this country as mum, dad, and children. In most of the world, when we say family, it's extended family. The model I have on my head is more Drie's family than my family, the Brazilian family, and I think of them uh, at uh, their farm, the dad's mum dad's farm, uh, and when they meet, say for Christmas or parties then there would be uh, parents and uh, brothers and their wives and cousins and aunts and uncles and second cousins and third cousins and cousins that we don't know where they are in that but we know they're cousins and and a massive group of people that are all family that's what i think of and in amongst that there are friends as well that have been invited uh, because they necessarily don't invite friends because it's a family gathering. They bring them in as well. And that's what my picture of family is. It's much bigger than just mum, dad and the kids. One thing that when, when we came across uh, Brazilians that started to come and be part of this church and visitors um, we've got Visitors Day from way back Pedro Paulo and uh, his wife Fernanda and uh, Estefano <laughs> they're uh, Pedro Paulo, if you, if you remember Flavio, he used to come here quite a lot with Brazilians, uh, this, this Flavio and Karen's son. Um, and one thing that he always used to say was, it's good to be together. Just that, you know, it's just good to be together. It's good that we meet together. So a few things about family. Family is a place of unconditional love, acceptance and approval. In family, uh, children are unconditionally loved, accepted, and approved. Maybe your experience of family is not that positive. But God's family will have a perfect father who unconditionally loves uh, and approves and accepts us. And we must try, as brothers and sisters, aspire to that with each other. That we unconditionally love, accept, and approve of each other. We're all different. It's great to have diversity, but we're still family. Diversity of backgrounds and, and uh, nationalities is a beautiful and exciting thing. Family is a place of unconditional love. Second thing about family, we don't get to choose our family. Sorry, but we're stuck with family. The family of God is the family of God. You don't get to choose your family. And there's maybe all, or maybe that aunt or uncle or cousin or that you... Thinks a bit odd and you don't get on with. If you're not sure who the odd one in your family is, it's probably you. <laughs> Thirdly, no family is perfect, including church. It's not perfect. So we can guarantee that in church, at times there will be upset, misunderstandings, there'll be uh, arguments and differences. That is guaranteed in family. Yeah, and it's guaranteed in church sorry last point is the bible gives us the tools to resolve those issues these tools are called forgiveness bearing with another praying for one another confessing our sins loads of tools that god gives us to resolve those issues so we're not perfect family but it's good to be together sometimes in in all families my family and dree's family there's some differences and some arguments and because they're Brazilian, they're Latin, that can be quite loud. <laughs> and But what I find is at the end of the day, we all sit down to have a barbecue and we're glad to be together. We'd rather be together, uh, even if we fight sometimes, than, than, than separate. It's a beautiful thing, family. And I honestly say, God's changed my heart. Sometimes in the worship... I just look around across the whole family and think, "You are beautiful. You, you are, you are. Yeah, you are beautiful people." I know some of the things that you're going through. Look around. Look at around. Look around at this family. They're your family. They're your brothers and sisters, and they're beautiful. They're beautiful. Honestly, I, I thank God and said, "This is an amazing church. I'm privileged to be in this church." Somebody trying to get hold of you, Mo? <laughs> that's okay, Mo. In, it says in Psalm 16, this is God speaking. He says this, as for the holy ones in the land, that's you. These are my glorious ones in whom it is all my delight. God looks at his people and says they're glorious. I delight in them. And that's what I've grown to, to appreciate as well. I look at you, you are God's glory. You are God's glory and God delights in you. And I am increasingly delighting you. And I'm going to hand over to Dri to continue.
0: Yeah. So as well as family, we want to talk about the power of friendship. Uh, because that's also in the Bible, friendships. And so from the beginning, there was God the Father, Son and Holy Spirit, they were together. And it says that uh, when God created the heavens and earth, the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. So they were creating everything together. So he created the sky, the light, the vegetation, the birds, the animal, and he said it was good. Then he created man and he said, it's very good. But down in Genesis 2.18, God says, it's not good for a man to be alone. And that's the first time that he appears, it's not good. And it wasn't because of sin. It was because it's not good to be alone. And so we are not meant to live life alone. We are meant to live in the community, as Tim was saying, in family. God puts us into, into families. And the only way we can express the fullness of God is through God's people, through his church, through our relationships, through our love for each other. And uh, we know, as Tim said, you know, it's not always easy because you get on more with some people than you get with other people. But we are still family. And it's not our idea, but it's God's idea that we work together, that we live in harmony. In Romans 12, 16, it says, live in harmony with one another. So live in harmony is we can complement each other because we are different. So we can complement each other. We are better together. We express the church, we express the fullness of God together much better than we would we would ever express by ourselves so that's why and so it but we know it's challenging sometimes but it is good because it's God's idea and I I listened to a preach the other day and I was very blessed and very challenged so I want to share some of it with you and so it was uh, I'm going to share with you, it's from the book of Ruth in the Old Testament, so some of you may know it, we did it in our Bible study, and it was great, it's a love, a, a great story, and so this story takes place in Judah, uh, where there was a famine in the land, and it says, so a man from Bethlehem in Judah, together with his wife and two sons, went to live for a while in the country of Moab. The man's name was Elimelech, his wife's name was Naomi, and the names of his two sons were Mahlon and Kilian. They were Ephrathites from Bethlehem, Judah. And they went to Moab and lived there. Now, Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died, and she was left with her two sons. They married Moabite women, one named Orpah and the other Ruth. After they had lived there for about 10 years, both Malon and Kilian also died, and Naomi was left without her two sons and her husband. After a while, Naomi heard that the famine in her land had stopped and she decides to go back to her hometown. So Naomi and her daughters-in-law get prepared to return home. And Naomi, as they were on their way, Naomi said, wow. It's better," she says. "Go back," she said to her daughters-in-law. "Go back, each of you, to your mother's home. May the Lord show kindness to you, as you have shown kindness to me." Then she kissed them goodbye, and they wept aloud. Um, but they didn't want to leave Naomi. They wanted to follow her. They wanted to go with her. But. Naomi explained she gave good reasons why they should not go with her that they should go back to their mother's home so reluctantly Orpah left went back and went left and went her own way but Ruth insisted that she would not leave Naomi and she said it's a very well known for, for many people with this and it says Don't urge me, Ruth said to Naomi, don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. Naomi realized that Ruth was not going to leave her. So they both went on until they came to Bethlehem. So it was a journey of learning to trust, submit, love, show faithfulness, and I believe it was a a, a journey, not just the journey there, but the journey that they lived together to form an even stronger friendship, where they had, in the middle of struggles, Storms in the middle of uh, pain, bitterness, in the middle of uncertainty, because they didn't know what was going to happen, and but and we know that um, well Neo, the name Naomi means pleasant, so when Naomi left her land, that was her name Naomi and meant pleasant, and. When she came, now she comes back and she says, call me Mara, and Mara means bitter. And so she says, call me Mara, which means bitter, because the almighty has made my life bitter. I went away full and came back empty. So at this stage, Naomi was the lowest of the low and she was blaming God for everything, for her life, everything that had happened. Summarizing the story, so um, they arrive in Bethlehem, Uh, Ruth starts working in a field to provide for both of them. And Naomi, knowing the customs of her people, she finds a way to find a husband for uh, Ruth, a good man named Boaz. It was a man that was a relative of, of Naomi's husband. And so Ruth marries Boaz, they have a son named Obed, and Obed is father of Jesse, and the grandfather of David, the great king David. And Boaz and Ruth looked after Naomi, and in this friendship of Naomi and Ruth helping each other, it was a mutual friendship. So they helped each other. Um, But we see in this story that um, Naomi had become very bitter and she had lost hope. She did not want to, she wanted to live life on her own. She was just feeling sorry for herself. But Ruth, she sticks. she clings to her and she commits her life to help Naomi in that situation then Ruth helps Naomi to go back to her story so what do I mean about get back to her story to get back to who God created her to be the plan and purpose that God had for her so Ruth helped her in this and so what a beautiful story, and what a beautiful story of a very strong friendship being formed and developed. And in Proverbs, it says, Proverbs 17, 17 A friend is always loyal, and a brother is born to help in time of need. And in Ecclesiastes 4, 9, 10 says, Two are better than one, because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. So these two verses, I think it represents really well, this story of Ruth in the book of Ruth. And But this is not just for Ruth and Naomi. This is for us. God wants us to have friends. We are part of God's family. And amongst us, God wants us to have friends, Friends that are going to help us to get back to our own story when we are, feel a little bit, you know, or sad or upset. And so we need friends to walk side by side with us. And God helps us to find those friends because he's a good God. He's faithful. And so um, and I, I want to share a bit about my testimony with you. So I'm from Brazil. And I uh, used to go to a very big church with lots of people and I had lots of friends and we did a lot together. Um, So I grew up in that city and went to school, got a job, became a Christian, had friends and that was my life. My whole life was there. And then one day I met him and... (laughs) So, uh, so we got married after a while. Yeah. <laughs> so after we got married, we moved to Hereford, 10 days after we got married. So it was a lot of changes. And, and I, I, I knew I was part of family, a big family, God's family, but I didn't have friends here. And I found that quite tricky and quite hard and not because I find hard to make friends because I'm quite sociable and I like talking to people. I love being around people. We love having people around and I like all of that and probably that's why I found it so difficult because I didn't know anybody and I I knew a few people that had this but I didn't have enough English to talk to people so my English wasn't good enough so I could say only simple sentence like how are you? And do you have siblings or where do you live? But I never really understood where they lived. And so it was very, it was very shallow. And even the weather was hard to talk about because you seem to have so many more words to describe the weather that we do in Brazil. Perhaps because we only have the same thought. Hot and hot. And that's probably yeah. so that's it. So it was it was hard. So I felt lonely at times. And that was hard because when I thought back, left my family behind, my friends. Despite knowing that I was part of a big family, God's family, I still had to adjust and I had to find friends to walk with me and but i have to say god is so good but i knew my first challenge was learn the language so i thought yes there's something i need to initiate i need to do i need to work hard and i need to learn english so i can have a proper conversation with people so they can tell me about their life not just in a shallow way but deep and i can talk to them about me and then we can get to know each other but i had to work hard for my english and but god gave me grace and so he let me very dry yes so that was my biggest challenge it was my the language and but god just added to to me you know he added friends And I have friends here today that are closer than a sister, a brother. You know, there are friends that walk side by side. There are friends that I can learn lots of things from them. Uh, Hopefully I can help them too. I can love them too. I can encourage them too. And we can walk together. We can challenge each other. We can encourage each other. And that's friendship. And God wants that for us because he wants people that would encourage us, but also people that would challenge us. It's not just loyal friends that we need. We need faithful friends. Friends that, it's not just friends that agree with us all the time, but friends that challenge us. And, and I, I'm so grateful that God gave me friends to help me in this journey. And I don't have to say who you are, because you know who you are. You know how much you've been great to me how much I've learned from you and I'm very grateful for that I'm very grateful Uh, but I think and but I was just thinking maybe you are new to Christianity and you are new to this idea of God's family a big family and you are new to all these things or maybe you are a new Christian or you are a new Christian in this place. You are new in this church. Maybe you are new in this church. And you haven't found a friend yet. And But I have to say, God has a friend for each one of us. Friends that walk with us. And so, and maybe you think, oh, but I've been coming here for a while. And I, you know, I haven't really found anybody yet. Or people don't really ask me to do anything you know I haven't been asked to go for coffee or to do something maybe they are waiting for you to ask them you know just go and ask somebody for a coffee just don't wait if I had waited for my English just to come it wouldn't have happened I had to work I had to do my best and God took me in this journey and so maybe it's time and I do urge you don't go out don't go from this door today without making a conversation, without finding friends, without starting something. You never know when you start talking to somebody, you know, who your your close friend is going to be. But, you know, we can do that. We can all do that. We can all go and chat to somebody. So don't just sit on your own. Because even though you are a part of this big family, God wants to give you a friend. A friend that walks by, side by side with you. Maybe you haven't had a good experience with friendships. Maybe you're upset and you think, oh, friends, hmm, not sure about them. But you know what? God, like Tim said, it sometimes happens that, you know, we upset each other. But, you know, we can't just think that we can live by ourselves. Because we can't. We are, we are not created for that. And and so loneliness is a giant in our, our lives. At some point in our lives, we have experienced that. Yeah, we, we are lonely at some point. It wasn't just me that moved the country. But I'm sure each one of you has had times that we thought, oh, I just feel really lonely. and But yeah, but God doesn't want us to feel like that. So... Let's, let's cry out to God. Let's look out. Let's talk to people. And, and I can give you some ideas of how you can make friends. You know, you can first, you know, chat to them, ask them for a coffee, or you can serve in the church. You know that's one good way in my church in Brazil you know I got to know lots of people when we started serving in an area in the church we made friends we worked together or maybe a live group that you meet weekly or fortnightly and then you get to know people there and in that life group maybe you are going to think well yeah I that one kind of you know it got gives you opportunity, you know, to share your hearts, to share your struggles, to share your joys with people from this place. And, yeah, so I just want to urge you that you would talk to somebody, that if you need prayer, and just, you can come forward, or if you want to chat to one of us, we are here, and we'd love to chat to you. And I know we can, you know, I'm sure we can find you know we are all family, but God finds us friends that so we can walk closer to them. Okay.
1: We we sang earlier um, that God is a waymaker, promise keeper, healer, miracle worker, uh, and He is. Um, and sometimes we expect God's Spirit to move and do those things, and He does. But uh, often he will move through his people. That maybe your miracle comes through somebody else's kindness. Yeah? Maybe God opens the way through others. Maybe you're the one to bring something that's just a simple act of kindness for you. And for that person it's a miracle. And so... I want us to, to, I'm going to pray, but, you know, the answer doesn't always drop from heaven. It comes through his people. And so I want to encourage you, don't rush away. There's somebody in this church who said, I would never stand up at the front and say something. But that person... After the meeting, listens to God and God speaks and says, you need to talk to that person, you need to speak to that person. And they go and they pray and they chat and they listen. And God moves. When we finish the meeting, the meeting's not finished. God's people are interacting as a place of miracles. People have been saved, people have been healed after we finish the meeting many, many times. And so God is still working. And he loves to work through his feet. We are his body, his hands, his feet. And uh, it's a beautiful body. Because it's a beautiful family. Because it's God's family. Father, thank you for your brilliant invention of family. That your family, the church, is the best family. It's not perfect yet. But it's the best. I thank you for your family. We pray, pray for those, pray for anybody feeling lonely that you would help them find their friend, find their connection, find their place. And I pray that you would speak through all of us to help that happen, Father. We pray now that your spirit would move. Thank you that you move through your people. Bless your people. We pray you would help us to overcome the issues that we may have between us, because we want to be uh, a light to the world, a family that bears your name. We ask these things and we ask for your help by your spirit in Jesus' name. Amen.